don't try and distance yourself from what makes you weird and unique. Try and bring that in and use it to your advantage and celebrate it. And don't just think, okay, well, if I want to be a coder, I need to be like really logical and mathsy because you do, but you also need to be creative and be able to do lots of other things too. So, you know, celebrate you. Welcome to Quantum Black Voices, a series of interviews with the talented and diverse people building products to capture the transformative power of advanced analytics, machine learning, and artificial intelligence. Today, we're talking to Farah Shair, a data engineer from our London office. Farah's story is fabulous inspiration for chasing your passions and not being afraid to change direction to do so. Farah's journey from biochemistry to theatre marketing to data engineering demonstrates how a diverse background can generate a broad spectrum of transferable skills. We talk about the remit of a data engineer at Quantum Black and discuss how her past experiences have supported her throughout her career and how everyone should be encouraged to harness both their strengths and personality at work. To learn more about Quantum Black and McKinsey Company, head to www.quantumblack.com. Enjoy the episode. All right. Introduce yourself. What's your name and what do you do at Quantum Black? Gosh, that was a quick introduction. I thought that you were going to do a little spiel about the podcast. Oh, no, we do that in the post edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just dive straight into the introductions here. Okay, so I have to say who I am and what I do. Exactly. Hello, I'm Farah and I'm a data engineer at Quantum Black and I've been here for about a year now. Amazing. Farah, tell us a little bit about your journey to data engineering. So what did you study? How did you get interested in the discipline? How did you find mm-hmm. your way to Quantum Black? Settle in, because it's gonna be it's gonna be a story. Okay, I'm settled. <laughs> I think I made that sound more dramatic than it really was. Well, now you have to deliver on that promise, yeah. It was a dark and stormy night. No, <laughs> I'm kidding. It wasn't. It was just a normal day. So I studied uh, biochemistry at university. Okay. Which was very cool. Uh, I mean, I say very cool. It definitely wasn't actually quite right for me. I came away from it feeling like, yeah, I gained some good transferable skills there and I think I'm going to transfer them because I don't want to carry on in the same thing anymore. I didn't see myself, you know, working in a lab or anything like that. So I was like, well, what can I do? I'll get as far away from that as I can. Uh, I decided to work in theatre marketing. Okay, that's a big jump. It is a big jump. I can't say that many of my classmates ended up doing the same as me from biochemistry, (laughs) at least not to my knowing. Okay. And so I ended up, yeah, doing marketing stuff for the theatre industry, and it was really cool. I really enjoyed it. I was led towards that because I'd spent a lot of my time at uni doing theatre, doing uh, singing and drama and all that kind of stuff. So then I was like, well, just do that as a job. Okay. Tell me about that, though. So why were you interested in biochemistry? And was the theatre dimension just a passion that you were interested in? Or was that also something you were potentially going to pursue at some point? It was never really like something that I thought I was going to pursue as a career, to be honest. The the dramery stuff, no. I went to do biochemistry because I'd always been, you know, good at sciences at school and stuff, which is how a lot of people end up doing a science degree, I imagine. They're like, I'm good at this. <laughs> yeah, I'll do sense. it again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but... I also, I went into it being like, this will be a stepping stone to get me elsewhere because I just, I knew it was like a good degree and it was useful and and, and I was interested in it, but I just wasn't 
passionate about it, I guess I'd say. And so while I was at university, I, I ended up sort of naturally seeking out musicians, theatre kids. I always was into music. I always was like playing instruments and singing and doing plays and stuff. So that's, that's how I kind of ended up doing stuff like that. It was uh, where I found my people. Okay. And um, <laughs> so then, yeah, when I left uni, I was like, I liked that stuff. I'll do that stuff again. And yeah, it was good. I, I did enjoy doing that stuff. But I naturally found myself drawn to analytics. I, I couldn't help myself. It was like, it's like you can't, you can take the, the girl out of the maths. I don't know what that phrase is, but you can't take the maths from me so i <laughs> it's a phrase now we've coined it today on this yeah, episode yeah that's that's what's gonna get this podcast uh, really really rocketing up the charts that <laughs> phrase there Thanks. um <laughs> so that's another big jump from biochemistry to working in theater marketing and then you said you got interested in analytics yeah tell me about the role of the the theater company so what were you doing so it was specifically marketing for live theater live shows and stuff like that and so let's say a play is happening and it's going on tour around the country and we need to make sure that there's enough marketing advertising happening at each of the locations to drive ticket sales and make it a financial success as well as an artistic breakthrough. And um, so I was looking at the ticket sales at each venue and tracking which ones were selling quicker and, you know, what kind of marketing activities worked in different places, what kind of people lived in all these different areas of the UK, that kind of thing. And yeah, I just I just got really into into looking at that stuff. I I became very much involved in in uh, Excel spreadsheets, and I I ended up finding out about Tableau at some sort of um, I think it was like a ticketing conference or something about that. That I was like, how can I visualize these ticket sales? I need to use something better. So I found out about Tableau. I started learning how to use it on the free trial, and then I asked the company that I was working for if we could get a copy of it and I started using that to deliver insights on different shows that we were marketing for and from there basically it was just it was just a slightest little change of direction to decide that I wanted to do that more okay what was the next step how did you progress along your data engineering journey yeah I went to a few conferences actually like I think there was a there was a tableau marketing conference that was free or something. And I, I requested if I could go. And when I was there, I listened to all these talks from different people, uh, different companies about how they use Tableau and how they use data for their marketing in general. And I, you know, networked, I spoke to people and I found out uh, about the different uses of data and my eyes were opened and it was like I discovered a whole new world. So, uh, <laughs> so, I, so I basically found out at that conference about the, the company that I worked at next, which was Kubrick Group which um, actually have like a, a graduate scheme type business model of bringing people on who have the right kind of transferable skills, which I had helpfully acquired in my biochemistry degree and help you learn how to do things like coding and about data and general data infrastructure and software and stuff like that. And then they, yeah, once they've trained you up, they, they send you out into the big wide world to start using it. And it was great. I want to ask more questions about the Kubrick Group and, and what you learned there, but I, mm. I also I also want to dig a little bit deeper on the transferable skills point. I think uh, <laughs> we have lots of people join Quantum Black that don't necessarily come from traditional backgrounds. You wouldn't necessarily mm. guess that they were going to have a future in machine learning and data science and data engineering. Yeah. 
tell me a little bit more about those skills. What what skills did you learn in your biochemistry degree that ended up serving you later in your career? I mean, definitely some level of mathematical literacy in, in numbers and stuff is definitely required and helpful. So that kind of thing. I guess there's also a level of, in any science degree, and definitely in my one, was like a level of thoroughness and attention to detail on really like minor stuff or what seems minor to the naked eye, but is actually obviously very crucial. So yeah, I guess it's a level of really digging down to the, I mean, for me in biochemistry, it was right down to the molecules and the atoms that are causing things to happen. So it teaches you a certain level of, you can't just use broad brush strokes to get to the answer of stuff. You have to like really hammer in on tiny details. So that's definitely something that I guess applies to data as well. You can't just ignore the fact that, you know, some of the data looks a bit funky or isn't totally usable and clean and, oh, there's occasionally, you know, some slashes and dots in there, but I'm just going to pretend I didn't see them. Like that, that causes problems, even though it seems tiny. So it's that level of attention to detail, I guess. Yeah, fantastic. I think that's such a, a, an interesting reflection on what you learned in your biochemistry degree. <laughs> that and the fact that I don't care about pipetting. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. So we don't do a lot of pipetting at uh, Quantum Black, but lots of attention to detail. So tell me a little yeah. bit more about the Kubrick group. What did you learn there? What, what was it that they provided for you to advance as a, a data engineer to get more confident in the discipline? The first major thing is coding. I had never done any coding before. Coding to me was just just a big mystery black hole. I didn't know how it worked, but I was excited to learn it because I thought, cool, all the people that seem to, you know, flourish in this industry seem to be able to code. So this is cool. You learn about Python, you learn about SQL, we learn a bit more about data visualization, different methods of storing data. All of this to me was new. So it was super helpful. And, and without that training, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to continue in this career to the level that I have. So that was really good. That's awesome. Tell me about the coding. I think a lot of people probably look at the role of data engineering and frankly, any engineering role and might be quite intimidated by the prospect of having to learn how to code. What yeah. advice would you give them about that? You know, what, how, how would you encourage them to overcome that fear and to, to, just to dive in? I think that the main thing about learning to code is to try it because you can watch YouTube videos or you can read books and, and that definitely, definitely gives you a good place to start. But there's a limit you can reach with that because, first of all, if you just spend hours and hours reading a book about coding, you're going to switch off and get bored. But also, you can't actually learn the ways of thinking and a lot of the way of thinking in coding is actually very like sort of almost creative like I'll try this and then trial and error oh it didn't work I'll try this okay I'll try this and you learn like the most efficient quick ways of doing that by trying and therefore I would suggest to anyone that wants to learn to code learn like the very basics from like a YouTube video or, or a blog or a book or whatever but then I would just pick something really really simple like I want to learn how to get this Excel spreadsheet and just add up the numbers in the column using code or something like that yeah all of the stuff that you want to do like that is on the internet. You can Google it. So all you need to do is download like an instance of Python or, or find some sort of code editing software that you can use. A lot of that stuff is free. And then just give yourself minor tasks. Like I want to learn how to add things up in code. I want to learn how to move things from one place to another in code, stuff like that. 
And that is the best way to learn. And that is definitely like the fact that the cubic training at the beginning was quite practical. They would give us little projects to learn. That's how I learned. And then the rest of my learning has been totally on the job. And you don't just learn like in theory, like, oh, I'm going to one day want to know how to do this. So I'm just going to like study it. No, you learn how to do stuff because you have a specific task that you Mm. need to do. And that's how you best learn. Um, So give yourself little projects. There's actually a great website called Kaggle which has little data engineering, data science problems. They go from absolute basics to really hard ones that the best developers in the world compete for prize money. So, you know, maybe don't start at that end of the scale (laughs) unless you're very confident, but you might not win to start with. (laughs) Okay. Manage people's expectations. Expectations. Start with the basic one and uh, see see how you go on. (laughs) There's something you mentioned there, which made me think again about your transferable skills. You mentioned the, the word experimentation. Uh, Mm. which obviously is a a massive part of of what we do in the data engineering, data science, machine learning space and how creativity is key to that. The the two are are tied together. Do you think that your background and your interests in the arts may have also played a role in you getting interested in the discipline of data engineering and machine learning? Yeah, I mean, I think that coding is fundamentally quite creative once you get into it. I think that in order to come up with a solution that hasn't already been done or in that specific way hasn't been done or there isn't just something you can use ad hoc off the internet. Anything that you're coming up with something new requires creativity and therefore requires you to try a number of different methods and find the best one. And to be able to come up with those different options is a creative thing. So anything that requires your brain to be creative is going to be helpful to to get you thinking in in that way. For me, you know, coming up with drama scenes or just generally being over dramatic about stuff. I feel like that makes my brain work in crazy ways that helps with coding. I suspect everyone that works at Quantum Black has a brain that works in a slightly crazy way. Yeah. yeah. It's just a matter of finding what your crazy is and then harnessing it to the code, <laughs> you know? <laughs> what great advice. Yeah. Harness your crazy. Okay. Yeah, definitely. I would definitely push that as like a major theme. Don't try and distance yourself from what makes you weird and unique try and bring that in and use it to your advantage and celebrate it and don't just think okay well if I want to be a coder I need to be like really logical and mathsy because you do but you also need to be creative and uh, be able to do lots of other things too so you know celebrate you you for being you You've just made my job of finding the perfect soundbite for the beginning of the podcast much easier there, Farah. So thank you for that. Okay, so Kubrick Group, fantastic education, gave you exposure to coding, trained you up in skills and areas that you felt like were needed for data engineering and Mm -hmm. and the the career at, at large. What did you do after the Kubrick Group? What was your next step in your journey? Well, I mean, so I I continued to work there, but on their placements out to other companies for Mm. the next few years. So I I worked in a music industry team and I worked in an energy company team. So doing data engineering for each of those different scenarios, which was also fantastic for me because, first of all, music industry, absolutely (laughs) up my street. Loved it. Free tickets to some concerts occasionally as a perk. What more can you want as a coding job? Great. I really loved it. It was about, you know, streaming numbers and and again, like marketing analytics and sales of, you know, CDs versus yeah downloads. It, it was it was really interesting and a really cool, very different application of data that to my next placement, which was yeah, in, in energy and uh, specifically electric vehicles and 
that was really cool as well. So it gave me like really broad experience, not just in terms of the subject matter, but also they used completely different tech stacks. So that meant that I was exposed to different things. And when I finished my two years doing those things, I was ready to apply to Quantum Black and I had loads of stuff that I'd done. It was great. Okay. So you joined Quantum Black and you joined yeah. as a, a data engineer. Whoop, whoop. Here I am. <laughs> Tell me what a data engineer is. I know that all of our, our our team, it's very hard to put anyone in a box. Like to your point, everyone's harnessing their own little bit of crazy, uh, mm-hmm. which it all makes them all different. But wh- how would you describe the role of a, a data engineer at Quantum Black? Hmm. A data engineer is is a really cool role because it touches on a lot of different aspects of a project and it also requires a number of different ways of thinking and different ways of communicating. Basically, what your job is, is to get the data wherever that may be, find data. Number one, find data. (laughs) Number two, bring it in to whatever coding software world environment you're in. So ingest is the word we like to use, which to my non-coding friends always makes them laugh. Why do we use the word ingest? Who knows? We ingest the data and it is delicious. And then we, uh, you know, do whatever we need to do with it, which may be some aggregations. We might need to do some calculations, some cleaning, some enrichments, and basically shape it up nice and good and deliver it to maybe data scientists if they're going to plug it into a model, or it might just go directly into some sort of reporting analytics. It could be used for a number of different things, but in order to use data for anything, you kind of got to get it shaped up, looking good, structured well, clean, tidy, well-behaved. That's the kind of thing that uh, a data engineer does. Okay. Can you bring that to life for us a little bit? Can you tell us about a project that you've been working on at Quantum Black and what you were doing there and what your role was there? Yeah, absolutely. I've actually been working on healthcare analytics at the moment. And and it actually highlights that when you ingest data as a data engineer, it's not the same for every type of project or every type of industry that you're working on. And healthcare specifically has really, really strict security that needs to be applied to it because obviously the data is very sensitive. It's data about actual patients and therefore you can't just treat it how you would treat any other data. You've got to be very careful with it. And that kind of is applied in a couple of different ways. Number one is like the infrastructure around it. So designing your data setup to have really good security you know who can actually access stuff where is it stored that kind of thing needs to have really good thinking applied to it and then secondly is like what you actually do with the data and and what kind of transformations and stuff are applied to start with it's anonymized so when you're actually analyzing and querying the data you can't see who is who but also the purposes that you're aggregating or doing calculations with this data, you can only do them on proved topics. You can't just start willy-nilly going around analyzing whatever you want. It's got to be for specific things that actually help the patients. It's got to be for a purpose that actually helps healthcare systems. Got you. And we talked a lot about your learning journey during this interview and the different Mm -hmm. skills that you've developed throughout that journey while working on this project what skills have you discovered are are really important for a data engineer to to know well i mean to start with probably communication is is key and i think that communication is is key in any 
data engineering project, actually. It's a skill that I think you really, really should take seriously if you and develop, if you're going into this role, because quite often you have to be able to describe things that are very technical in a clear, understandable way to people that might not be as familiar with the technology as you are. So being able to describe things clearly, you know, speak to people who are the client or whatever business you're working with and tell them what you're doing and what you're working on in a way that they can actually engage with and understand and be able to understand the applications. That's really, really important. I think it's interesting that you say that because obviously there's probably a lot of senior stakeholders involved in these sorts of projects, especially in healthcare analytics, stakeholders that have a, a, a real interest in how and why we're using data and making sure that we're using it for the right reasons. That sort of communication can be intimidating. What tips would you have for new data engineers on how they develop their communication skills so they can interact with these individuals confidently? My policy on any kind of communicating interaction is to just remember that the people you're talking to are people. They're just like anyone else. So I'm not sure that getting super wound up about the fact that they're really senior is helpful to you delivering the information you need to deliver. Just bring your personality, be yourself, and try and remember who your audience is. Try and find out how technical they are if you're delivering technical information. There's nothing worse than starting talking through your code in detail when the person is like, I've actually never seen code before in my life and this means nothing to me. Uh, similarly you don't always have to like bring it back to absolute basics if the person you're talking to does know a little bit here and there so the best thing you can do is to actually ask questions and find out their level before you launch into anything don't just guess just just start off being like how comfortable are you with seeing code or how comfortable would you be with me going into a bit of detail here and if they say yeah I'd love to then by all means go for it but still try and try and make it engaging if you can. Do you think your background in the arts and theatre has enabled you to or has supported your communication skills and, and made you a more engaging speaker? I think so. I think that from from simple things like literally being able to project my voice and and speak clearly like you would do on stage, that is just a basic thing that's helpful. But even just being aware of what is interesting to an audience and trying not to bore people is something that I think is important. And therefore, I try and be energetic and engaging, even if I'm talking about data engineering, as opposed to anything else, I would still use the same principles to guide that and try and make it interesting. And I think that's really important. And I think that people appreciate it, even, even when you're talking about serious topics and serious data that has a massive impact. People work best when they're actually engaged and they really understand what they're talking about. And so you don't have to deliver it in a, a monotone, serious way. You can still deliver it with life and energy when you're talking about stuff like this. And I think that's really important to remember. I think a real theme of this interview is transferable skills. And I think your diverse background in lots of different domains and industries and, and jobs has really benefited you in your career. Thank you. <laughs> I think you're right. No, I don't know. I think so. I used to used to try and um, I used to try and keep that side of me separate to my work. So I, in my spare time, perform stand-up comedy, and I used to try and keep that sort of persona or mindset very separate to my data engineering persona or mindset. 
as I've got into my career a bit more, I've realized that I should, shouldn't do that. Why am I doing that? Why do I think that I have to be a certain way to be a data engineer in a certain way when I'm not doing that work? I've more and more become comfortable with bringing it together. And, and I've realized that it's actually, if anything, benefited my career rather than detracted, which is what I was scared of. I thought I was worried about, you know, if, if I'm being fun or lively or jokey that people won't, uh, won't take me seriously in the workplace. But that's actually not true. And people do appreciate somebody who brings a smile to your face while you're doing work. That's still appreciated. Yeah, so true. And I think McKinsey as an institution tries to promote people's strengths. And I think you should be able to bring your strengths to work. If that is humor and that brings people joy, and then that should absolutely be part of your personality at work. Mm -hmm, definitely. Fantastic. Talk to me a little bit about your extracurricular activities because you, you mentioned earlier the stand-up comedy, but you're actually a, one of our biggest contributors to community events here at Quantum Black. Can you talk a little bit about that and anything else that you're doing in and around uh, your data engineering responsibilities? Yeah, I love anything that falls under the bracket of extracurricular. That's Call me Farah extracurricular, Shaya, if you will. <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, I think that engaging with the, the community in a workplace is, is very important. I think that everyone works better if they're also having a good time and have like a good relationship with their colleagues. So being somebody that can, you know, put on a comedy night here or there, which is what I've done during the pandemic on Zoom, which was really, really, I think people enjoyed that and appreciated that. And there are lots of other things that go on at, at Quantum Black and McKinsey in general that allow people to do things with their colleagues that isn't completely transactional and around their work. And I think that only adds to your experience of your work. I mean, it is where you live most of your life, isn't it? When you're in your workplace. And so you have to have a, a bit of a nice time there and have to like the people a bit, otherwise it's miserable. So having people who champion that, which I'm happy to do, I think helps a lot. Yeah, that's awesome. I attended a couple of those comedy nights and I absolutely loved them. Tell me about some of the other things that you were doing in Quantum Black around your data engineering role. Yeah, I've also taken part in a number of different activities to promote tech and data careers to young people, you know, teenagers that are trying to consider what direction to go in. I really enjoy doing stuff like that. I like being a bit quirky and weird on them um, and just generally having fun and getting to know these young people that are trying to figure out whether this is, this is the path they want to go down. And hopefully you will find more uh, theatre artsy kids. Was that how you described it earlier? Theatre kids. Theatre yeah. kids. Yeah, theatre kids. Um, yeah. And they can bring their creativity and crazy to, to the world of data engineering. Exactly. Okay. So for anyone that's listening who is interested in a career of data engineering, where should they start? What would be an interesting resource to point them at? You mentioned Kaggle and, and some of the online resources earlier, but what would your advice be to one of these young people looking to get into the industry yeah i mean all of that stuff that i said before but then i would add to that once you've done your first little project whatever that may be even if it's something very basic or or something more complicated whatever it is your next task is to explain it to someone go and tell your mum. go and tell your friend go and tell your teacher i don't know just go and explain it to them and explain it to them in a way that they will find interesting and understand. And that will be fantastic practice for working in a career like this. Amazing advice. 
thank you very much for joining us and talking to us uh, about your career. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. You've been listening to a podcast created by Quantum Black, a McKinsey company. This episode was produced by Catherine Shenton and edited by Clementine Reschig and myself, James Mulligan. If you'd like to learn more about Quantum Black, head to www.quantumblack.com. Thank you.